Hello, everybody, and welcome to the My BFF Business Leaders Podcast. This podcast is designed to focus the spotlight on leading voices throughout the world of business. From marketing and technology to energy and finance, this podcast will feature brilliant minds that are shaping the future of every industry. There has never been a better time to make more business friends forever, so let's get started. This is actually the time where we work more and where our services needed more. And then, you know, our drop-offs are also no contact. Um, our volunteers typically, you know, on a normal day would go inside a nonprofit and, you know, kind of deliver the food. But now we, ha- we ask them to leave it outside. So all of these things are new and have changed our operations, but it has also allowed us to continue serving people. On this episode of the My BFF Business Leaders Podcast, we sit down with the CEO and co-founder of 412 Food Rescue, Leo Lizarondo. After being born and raised in the Philippines and finding herself moving to Pittsburgh by way of Carnegie Mellon University, Leah decided that she was going to dedicate herself to fight hunger and promote sustainability. Thus, 412 Food Rescue was born. Today, it is one of the fastest growing food recovery organizations in the U.S. and has prevented over 8 million pounds of food from going to waste via technology that mobilizes over 8,000 drivers across five cities. Leah is an incredible mind and leader that is working towards an even more incredible cause. So let's get started learning all about her and her profession. Hi, Leah. How are you today? Good. Great to be here. (laughs) Yeah, thank you for joining us. We're really looking forward to it. And at this point, our audience has already had a brief introduction to who you are and what you do. But could you tell our listeners a little more about yourself, both personally and professionally, prior to co-founding 412 Food Rescue? Yeah, so um, I grew up in the Philippines and um, moved to New York City after college and um, came to Pittsburgh um, by way of Carnegie Mellon. And um, I have um, always been in either tech or food. um, And in 2015, really um, began, actually 2014, after reading a report on the National Resources Defense Council on how much food is wasted, um, on uh, really began to figure out how to um, respond to that crisis. Awesome. And could you go a little bit deeper into uh, exactly what 412 Food Rescue is and how listeners could potentially get involved today? Yeah. So 412 Food Rescue was founded in 2015 as a direct response to the fact that we waste almost half our food supply. And, you know, on the other side of that, um, we know that so many are food insecure and even more so during this time. So what we do is we look at this problem and we figured out, you know, how can we respond to this best? And we realized that much of the food that is wasted and not reaching our homes happens, you know, at the retail sector, which is grocery stores, restaurants, you know, workplaces that have surplus food. And it's really very difficult to um redistribute this food using traditional logistics models, you know, people that depend on trucks and warehouses and hub and spoke models. So we decided to kind of change logistics so that we can recover this food. And the way we do that is really not novel. You know, we follow the same um, design as, you know, our current delivery, other commercial delivery models, like you know, DoorDash and Uber Eats. And the big difference is the drivers that we mobilize through technology to, you know, pick up and deliver food are all volunteers. And, um, and, and 
this model has worked phenomenally. Um, we have now about 12,000 people in the Pittsburgh region alone receiving push notifications of available food to be recovered and um, delivered to not only nonprofits, you know, in this crisis, we've, we've started to deliver to households. That's amazing. And is there a reason that you specifically chose Pittsburgh as your hub of operations? Or did that kind of come just parallel because of your time spent at Carnegie Mellon? Um, it just, um, it just because I was here. Um, <laughs> and really, it's the Pitts, Pittsburgh has has responded, you know, incredibly to this um, kind of new thing in, in service, right. And it's, um, I don't think I always say, you know, I'm glad that this started in Pittsburgh because a lot of the ingredients that require this to be successful is is present in Pittsburgh. And you touched on it there a little bit that the Pittsburgh community has been overall engaged with your cause. Um, I'm a personally, I'm a former baseball player, so I've known that Andrew McCutcheon has been heavily involved with your efforts. Are there any other well-known athletes or celebrities that are supporting 412 Food Rescue's mission? Yeah, I mean, more and more. So recently, um, after we um, uh, issued a, a kind of call for support, uh, Michael Keaton, um, who is from Pittsburgh, um, supported one of our programs that we were piloting, which is distribution at bus stops um, for kids who are um, not in school right now. Um, and that was, you know, really such phenomenal support, not only financially, but the awareness that we raised for the program has been, you know, um, incomparable. And is there any kind of like foresight or tidbits you could provide us with future kind of celebrities or local community members that plan on getting involved into 2020 or beyond? Well, I wish I could. Um, no, we, we don't have anyone lined up, uh, but we welcome anyone who is looking for a cause to support. Awesome. Awesome. Um, and I think it's only fitting kind of to talk a little bit about these unprecedented times of the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, and we are curious of how your business specifically with 412 Food Rescue uh, is being altered or has to change the way you operate uh, because of the pandemic and how it will shape the future of your organization. If you could dive into that a little bit deeper. Yeah. So when um, the when the crisis um, hit, um, one of the first things we did was really figure out, you know, how to be able to continue to serve um, while also ensuring that everyone um, involved in the process is safe. That's anywhere from our food donors to our nonprofit partners, to our staff and, of course, our thousands of volunteers. And so it was a lot of um, kind of taking stock on our part, on the team and really trying to figure out, okay, how do we change protocols and operations so that we can make sure that, you know, we don't put anyone in harm's way. And, you know, for a couple of reasons, the first reason is, you know, as, as many of the congregant volunteering models um, are now impossible, we have uh, at that time, and it continues to this day, experienced the a high surge of new volunteers. So we had to make sure that these volunteers are trained and aware and, and um, doing things safely. Um, and then secondly, um, the need is also extremely high now. So more than ever. So, you know, I always um, tell the team that, you know, while some folks are using this time to kind of take stock and take a step back from work as, as you know, um, maybe, you know, work from home is, is not quite you know, uh, 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 kind of a, the best model for, for, 
for um, increasing, you know, kind of work modes. Um, for us, we have no choice. This is actually the time where we work more and where our service is needed more. So we instituted a lot of new protocols for pickup and drop-offs, you know, no contact protocols. We now only work with donors that can provide um, our, our volunteers gloves, but also be able to adhere to this no contact protocol, meaning the volunteers cannot go inside any establishment. The food that is donated needs to be brought out to them. And then, you know, our drop-offs are also no contact. Um, our volunteers typically, you know, on a normal day would go inside a nonprofit and, you know, kind of deliver the food. But now we, ha- we ask them to leave it outside. So all of these things are new and have changed our operations, but it has also allowed us to continue serving people. That's great. That's great that people can continue to get involved and should still be involved because of the the health protocol and the necessary steps you guys are taking. And to provide our listeners with a little perspective there, um, could you give us a ballpark range of how many volunteers you guys have as of right now? So um, active volunteers, I don't know, meaning when I say active, that means people who have successfully completed a rescue. We have more volunteers than we have rescues. Mm-hmm. So not all of them are able to do it. And some volunteers are really quick to the draw. You know, they claim rescues as soon as they pop up on the app. Um, but we had about 1,200 new volunteers register on our app in March alone. So, gotcha. you know, that's, that's a huge upsurge. Yeah, and I saw that your Food Rescue Hero technology platform will be named the CES Innovation Honoree. Could you tell our listeners a little more about the mobile app itself and what exactly your technology does? Yeah, so it was named a CES Innovation Honoree. CES is Consumer Electronics Show, which is one of the largest trade shows uh, for tech um, in Vegas, and it happened in January. Um, so the technology is essentially, you know, a, a driver coordinating platform. And it's, you know, it's, if it's the same, as I said, um, as what a DoorDash driver would use, or an Uber Eats driver, where they would see um, rescues or food pickups that are available. And if you want to take that food pickup, you can just click on it and take it. And um, there you go. You can, yeah, it basically allows us to coordinate thousands of drivers. That's amazing. And how many users do you have on your technology as of right now? So in Pittsburgh, we have about 12,000. Nationally, we probably have about 14,000 now. We started sharing our technology with other cities in um, late 2018, and it's now in five cities, soon to be six. And what are those cities? So we have Philly, Cleveland, Prince William County in Virginia, Los Angeles and San Francisco, and pretty soon we're going to launch Vancouver. Wow. So yeah, you're kind of all over the coast and up into Canada. That's, that's amazing. And is there plans for continual growth after that as well? Is there any more kind of cities lined up in the near future? Um, we have this audacious goal of reaching 100 cities by 2030. Um, and, you know, that was pre-crisis. And um, plants are in the works to accelerate that process so that we can, you know, support other cities in, in helping, you know, neighbors help neighbors. And what would the best kind of avenue for individuals that want to get involved in other cities, where would they go to find out more information and contact you and your team? Yeah. So in other cities, you know, in Philly, um, they can download the Philly Food Rescue Hero app. 
Um, and then in, in Cleveland, it's Hunger Network. Um, in Prince William County, it's Prince William Food Rescue. In Los Angeles, it's Food Finders. In San Francisco, it's Food Runners. And then in Vancouver, when it comes in a few weeks, it's going to be Vancouver Food Runners. And all those apps are in the App Store, Google Play Store. Awesome. Awesome. And uh, could you give our listeners a little bit more perspective inside of your internal operations at 412 Rescue? Like, Who else makes up your team outside of you? We have about 20 people on the team. We have field, um, uh, we have um, staff in the field driving our trucks, our big green trucks. Um, and then we have about 15 people on staff um, that are helping our volunteers and our stakeholders make sure that, you know, we create the maximum impact. And you mentioned earlier that 412 Food Rescue was founded in 2015. Now, five years later, how has your role personally changed within the organization? Um, my role personally. So, you know, as um, as co-founder and CEO, I mean, in, in the early days, I would do many of the rescues myself. Um, now I don't do as much um, as I used to do. I'm, I, I always tell my staff that I'm, I'm simply an administrator. Um, and, you know, my goal really is to, you know, harness support for our mission and um, make sure that, you know, uh, our staff and our team are healthy and really trying to lead um, the organization so that it grows while making sure that, you um, Everyone is, you know, of course, still checking in on the, ourselves and um, keeping, uh, you know, motivated and, as I said, healthy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And your team, are they all working remotely at this time, I take it? Yes, okay. everyone is working remotely, except for our field um, field staff, we, who we are so grateful for. That's amazing. And have you guys found it difficult to work remotely or did you guys have the infrastructure in place that this was kind of a seamless transition? Well, I mean, I, we didn't have, you know, quote unquote, a formal infrastructure aside from, you know, we we already use a lot of the tools that people use. Mm-hmm. Um, but it has certainly been a challenge to coordinate crisis response um, without seeing everyone face to face. But I would have to say that really, you know, looking back, um, we really didn't do too badly. I think <laughs> the team has really risen up, has been responsive and has um, done every everyone has done everything they can to make sure our programs move forward. Awesome. Awesome. We're glad to hear that. And what does a day in the life of Leo look like prior to COVID-19? So with your full team in the office, kind of what was a day to day? Could you provide us some insight there for our listeners? Yeah. So pre COVID-19, I mean, I would wake up typically at, you know, I'm an early riser. I would wake mm-hmm. up at like four thirty five in the morning and, you know, have my morning coffee by myself before my oldest wakes up and, you know, my um, bring, uh, you know, kind of get the kids ready for school routine usually starts at six and um, doesn't end till nine when the last child is out the door. So it's uh, from six to nine. It's a little bit of between emails and and helping kids out. Um, and then by nine, I'm typically on my way to work and my day is typically mostly meetings. And I try to not um, do that uh, for the rest of the week, but Monday is a meeting day and where I meet with the team as well as external stakeholders. Um, and I try to, you know, you spend and block off a few uh, hours in my calendar daily to do actual work. Um, 
And that's typically it. And then we go home and make dinner and the day starts over again. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. That's great to hear. And yeah, it's, I mean, waking up at 430, that sounds like you're a, a packed day right from the get go. So it's amazing of what you've accomplished and kind of what you guys plan to accomplish with 412 Food Rescue. And you mentioned it briefly with kind of going into the other uh, 100 plus cities by 2030. Are there other, uh, any other goals just like that, that you and your team have established and are striving for in the near future or even long term? I mean, I think um, our, our focus right now is, is near future. Um, we're looking at, you know, I feel like we've um, responded to the acute situation um, last month. And now what we're looking at is, you know, near term, short term responses, and then even trying to figure out what we think this may look like in the next year and, and what we could do. So I think what we're doing right now is really taking the programs that we piloted last month and figuring out how to scale it and sustain it. And this, at least in this next year, um, you know, Facebook just you know canceled all gatherings over 50 people until June 2021. So mm-hmm. kind of that's a foreshadowing of what the world may look like um, still, even, a, 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 you know, 14 months from now. So so it's it's a lot of near term and then kind of the longest term we can probably look out right now is a year from now um, and and just trying to be um, responsive to th- to kind of the situation as it changes. Absolutely. And for our listeners, one last time, where is the best place for, uh, for them to go to learn more about 412 Food Rescue? Could you give, provide them with kind of the URL for your website or if you guys are active on social media uh, and anything of those kind of marketing avenues? Yes, it's 412foodrescue.org for Pittsburgh and foodrescuehero.org for other cities. And um, our social media is just, you know, slash 412foodrescue on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and Food Rescue Hero on the same platforms and LinkedIn. Great. And lastly, kind of as we wrap up here, first off, we wanted to thank you again for joining us today um, and for everything you're doing. As you know, our company, MyBFF Social, is a major supporter of you and 412 Food Rescue. Um, and we really, really look forward to staying involved and in, in all the bright future ahead for your organization. Um, we uh, like to end these podcasts on a kind of a fun personal note so our listeners know all about our guests. So I have a few questions for you if you're ready. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so what was the first car you ever owned? Oh, oh it's a it's a Mitsubishi Lancer. <laughs> <laughs> is it safe to say that you've upgraded since then or is that still the car that you owned? I don't today? know that that still exists <laughs> as a model. <laughs> okay. And what would you say your favorite Pittsburgh restaurant is? Oh, that's always hard for me to answer. I always have no answer to that question. Um, yeah, I really can't say. I Is mean, there a regular one that you go to quite frequently? Um, I, I mean, I, I love a lot of restaurants. I mean, I, I typically stay within my neighborhood. So I'm just going to kind of um, <laughs> talk about the restaurants around where I live. Um, I love the Anoyas. I love B52. Um, you know, I love um, uh, Driftwood Oven and <laughs> it's uh, Park Bruges. Uh, I could name so many more, but yeah. yeah. Pittsburgh is yeah, plentiful in the good restaurant space. So I think, yeah, all of those are great, great recommendations. <laughs> yeah. um, wh- what would you say your favorite hobby is? I love to cook. Um, so, you know, I was, um, I was a food writer before this and, you know, cooking has always been 
something that I find meditative and, you know, always revert to it. Great. And what is your all time favorite movie? That's also hard to answer. I don't know. I don't know that I have an all time favorite new movie. I think in the movie I've watched the most has been Sound of Music. Oh, nice. um, always never fails to make me happy as well. Great, great. And if you could interview one person and really pick their brain, who would you choose and why? Wow. They, these whole, these <laughs> one person things are hard. I don't know if I have a one person thing, you know, there's many iterations of that question. Like who would you have dinner with? Who would you, it's so hard. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, right now I keep a list of women leaders that, you know, I would love to have as, you know, an around table, you know, a big dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, one of the things that, you know, I've been seeing on LinkedIn and all the news outlets have been just the, the, extraordinary different results um, uh, in countries where there are female leaders. And so, you know, those leaders are in my mind right now um, and really impressed at, at how they have weathered this crisis. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I think you handled that last uh, individual question really well, too. So <laughs> you, you passed the test when it comes to our uh, lightning round of personal questions. And, and thank you again, Leah, uh, for joining us today. It was a pleasure speaking with you and learning more about the bright future for 412 Food Rescue. Um, and we look forward to being a part of it. Yeah. And thank you for having me. And, you know, my BFF social support in many ways has made a tremendous difference to 412 Food Rescue and our team and everyone that we work with truly appreciate the support. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Leah. I hope you guys all stay safe. And thank you for joining us today on episode three of the My BFF Business Leaders Podcast. Thank you. 